pray. I read this this week. I'm a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody, and that somebody is Jesus. And so pray with me today. I want to continue with the series, Freedom Kingdom. Freedom Kingdom, part two. So pray with me. Father, I just thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you're moving. Thank you that you're the God of life. You're the God of hope. You're the God of eternal life. Just ask that you would now speak. Father, I pray that you would bring transformation to our hearts. Give us eyes to see today. Father, change our minds. Change our thinking. Change areas that are twisted, crooked, curved. Anyway, Father, we pray straight paths today. Raise up mountains. Remove mountains and raise up valleys. Make every crooked path straight. Father, we thank you for your word today. We love you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Pastor Frank, over last weekend, our anniversary weekend, he preached three powerful messages, the power of we. If you wasn't here for one or all three of them, I encourage you, listen, listen to me real good. Go and listen to all three of those sermons. If you're parents, you should listen to them. It's very encouraging, very, very challenging but uh, powerful. Pastor Frank is uh, president over the movement we're part of, MFI, Ministers Fellowship International. He's a, just an apostolic type of gentleman, and I just encourage you to listen to those. They were, they were very, very, very powerful. Well, today I, wanna do, I do want to talk to you about freedom. Will you say that word with me? Freedom. First Timothy 2, 6 says this. He gave his life to purchase. Think about that. Jesus gave his life to purchase. Purchase what? I'm about to tell you. The Bible's about to tell you. Jesus is so interested in this thing that I'm talking about today that he laid his life down for it. If you're not free today, you should be as mad as hornets. Jesus laid down his life. Paul preached it. Paul preached it to the Galatians. They were very interested. They were very sold out on a people being free. The Bible makes it clear that Jesus laid his life down for something, and that thing was freedom. Let me finish reading this. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message of God gave to the world at just the right time. Your freedom has been purchased for you full price, and you should be passionate about walking in it. If you're dragging baggage around and chains and you're like, wow, I, I hear about freedom. I sense freedom, but I'm not walking in it. I want to let you know Jesus has made a way for you to walk in freedom. Let me give you a scripture that's kind of opposite of freedom. It comes from 2 Timothy 2.26. And that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil having been taken captive by him to do his will. How many of you want to be taken captive by the devil to do his will? No, you don't want to do that. And I believe so many Christians, they battle in certain areas of their life where the enemy has come in and sowed a lie into your heart, a lie into your mind. When you buy into a lie, you're buying into bondage. 
Because that's what he does. He tries to lie to us, so lies in our heart about different things. And I want to talk about those different things. Galatians 5.1 says this. So Christ has truly set us free. Isn't that beautiful? Come on, smile with me. Do something. Put some faith on your face or something. Come on. Christ has truly set us free. Now, make sure. Look at your neighbor right now. Look into their beady little eyes. Not beady, but you know. I want you to preach to them. I want you to prophesy over them. I want you to look in them very intentionally. And I want you to say this. Make sure. sure. Now look at them. Look at them. Tell them. them. Make sure. sure. You stay free. free. Absolutely. Make sure. Make sure. Now make sure that you stay free. Don't get tied up again to slavery of the law. How many know that Jesus fulfilled the law? We're in a new covenant. He puts that law in our hearts now. So Christ has truly set us free. Make sure you stay free. I want to talk to you about three keys today of freedom. How many know that keys lock, but they also unlock? So today you're going to hear about some locking that maybe have taken place in your life. But I also want to give you keys to unlock areas of your life in order for you to walk in freedom. That's what it's about today is you walking in freedom. Key number one is this. Freedom, faith. Freedom, faith. You must have faith in this area. Faith speaks. Faith says today that there is freedom for me. I have freedom. There is freedom for me. I know it that I can receive it by faith because the Bible, Jael just read it. There is freedom. He paid a price for my freedom. There is freedom for me. See, if you don't mix it with faith, you might as well go home and eat a donkey, uh, eat, a, eat a donut or e- e- whatever. You can do whatever you want to do. You got to mix it with faith. Somebody say Freedom faith. There is a leader, our freedom leader. His name is Jesus. If you follow Jesus, he will always lead you into faith. He will always lead you into freedom. Jesus is a leader of freedom. He paid the price for it. Anywhere Jesus goes, he brings freedom. You see Jesus walk into a Muslim village. I'm telling you, if they follow Jesus, they're going to walk out free. You see him come into the heart of a heroin addict. Come on. He'll set that heroin addict, meth addict, crack addict, whatever addict, porn addict, sex addict. If you will follow Jesus, he is a freedom leader. If you have faith in this freedom leader, I want to let you know that That freedom leader will always take you into freedom. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And he wants you to walk in freedom. Faith would say that there is freedom for me today. You believe the lie somewhere down the line that, oh, J.O., freedom is this. Freedom is being a rebel. Just do whatever I want to do. Live like hell. Let me ask you something. Doing that heroin, did it really lead you into freedom? Doing that meth, did it really lead you into freedom? Was there a lot of, no, that's a lie. You, you, you bought into a lie. It leads you into bondage, addiction, a jail, torment. That's not freedom at all who leads us into freedom is Jesus Christ. Listen to this scripture out of Romans talking about faith. I believe faith is a real key to freedom today. 
It says this in Romans 1.17. This good news tells us how God makes us right in the sight. You don't make yourself right in the sight. God makes you right in the sight. This is accomplished from start to finish, listen, by faith. By faith. If you don't mix it with faith, we got a problem, Houston. Go ahead, listen to what it says. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Faith in God who makes us right in his sight. Come on, faith that he's going to do it from start to finish. It is through faith that a righteous person has life. It's by faith. Right faith leads into freedom. Come on, freedom follows right faith. By faith, Moses led the people out of Egypt. By faith, Joshua led them into the promised land. By faith, they walked over through the sea on dry land. Somebody say faith. faith. Our whole walk, you guys is believing in something that we don't see, but we know it's real. For a while, we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are, are, are temporal, but the things which are unseen are eternal. You got to have eyes of faith. My next key is freedom believing. Say that with me, believing. believing. It's so vital that a person believes right. Freedom, faith comes from freedom, believing, believing right. How many know that if you can believe right, you can believe wrong? How many of you have ever heard of cults? You ever heard of cults? Just raise your hand at me. That is believing wrong, believing some kind of jacked up uh, uh, cultish doctrine or what have you that what leads people into bondage. God wants you to believe right because believing right cause you to have right faith. And that's very, very vital, very vital. John 8, 32 says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It's important that you know the truth. Knowing is not just right here in this part. It can start there. It's important that you know it here, but it's so vital that you know it here. Psalms 51 says, I desire truth in the innermost part of your being. If it stops right here, we got a problem. It can't just stop right here. It's got to get down into your heart, into the innermost part of your being. It's like a little girl's jury box that got all shook up, and now it's all tangled, little earrings and necklaces and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's just a wad. And you're like, I can never get this. A, 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 a. There's no way for me to do this. It's kind of like our lives at times. And God gets in there and he begins to unravel and he begins to remove all the knots and all the weird stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, you find yourself in another glory and another level of freedom. Why? Because truth will penetrate those areas and set a person free. Well, God uses a person that I want to talk about right now. I'm going to read a scripture and I want you to see this person that, that he uses in order to help you walk in freedom and truth. The Bible says in, in, in John 14, 15 through 18, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he, say that with me, he, say that with me, real, real good, say it with me again, he. He. he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, 
whom the world cannot see because it neither sees, listen, him. Say that word with me, him. Good, 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 good. It's good that you see that. He, him. Nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. The Holy Spirit, he's not an it. The Holy Spirit, he's not a thing. The Holy Spirit was hovering over dark mass, even in the midst of creation. The Holy Spirit, I encourage you at Heart of the City Church, don't pray like he's an it. Don't pray like he's a thing. Pray like who he is. It's a he. It's a him. The Holy Spirit is a person, and he lives inside of me. He lives inside of you if you believe today. And you know what the Bible just called him? The Spirit of truth. That Holy Spirit, he wants to lead you into all truth. He wants to help you decipher and discern what is a lie and what's truth. Come on. The Holy Spirit's there. He's a helper. He's a guide. He's a comforter. He's a counselor. He wants to fill you. He wants to lead you. He wants to be your best friend. Wants to lead you in all truth. If you don't know about the Holy Spirit, I got news for you. Just turn to Acts and start beginning to read about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The, the church was baptized in the Holy Spirit. He wants to fill you with fire and with love and with power and with truth. The Holy Spirit, don't be talking around me like he's an it or a thing. That's offensive because he's the person of the Holy Spirit and he's with us right here, right now, in this place. And he's my good friend. God is truth. His word is truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And look, Jesus, he says, I'm the way, the, oh, come on. And the life. I put on the forearmor of God. Guess what I put on? I put on the loins of Truth. Truth is so vital. Why? Because wrong thinking and wrong believing will imprison you as fast as you got busted with an ounce of cocaine. You may not go to a physical jail, but I'm going to tell you, when you think wrong and you believe wrong, you're in your own mental prison, and it can be even more tormenting than a natural jail. God wants to bust you out of your prison today. He wants to cut off wrong thinking and the, 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 the mental torment that some of you have been going on in your, area, in your life. I want to talk to you about areas of wrong thinking today. Some areas of wrong thinking. Wrong thinking about God. Wrong thinking about God. Do you have a right perception of who God really is? Do you think, do you think that God is good? Or do you know that God is good? Most people in church right now, I say, obviously, he knows. But I find that everyone doesn't really know. Because all of a sudden, you go through hell and high water, you're like, oh, is he good? All of a sudden, something devastating happens here. Is he good? All of a sudden, it doesn't go right in a relationship. Or all of a sudden, you find yourself, and it's like, is he really good? I want to let you know, I don't think he's good I know he's good. You got to know down here that he's good because when you go through storms in your life, 
He wants, you to know, he wants you to know how much he loves you and how much he's more, he, he's sovereign and he's got you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Come on, he's good. The psalmist said this in Psalms 145, 8, the Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, and great in mercy. Come on, he's good. You believe that with me today? If you believe purely unadulterated and know that God is good, I'm telling you, that is a very important key to freedom. Wrong thinking and wrong believing can get you nowhere. I tell you what, it's a bad thing. I don't want to just talk to you about wrong thinking and wrong believing about God. I want to also challenge you, wrong thinking and believing about others. All of a sudden, you see someone and immediately your mind goes, in judgment. You don't even know them, but you're like, uh, tattoo. I don't know if I like the tattoo. I don't know if I like their car. I don't know if I like their haircut. I don't know if I like their accent. I don't know if I like... Does that happen? Don't raise your hand. I'll raise my hand. It happens to me. I don't like that happening to me. I say, me, that part of me needs to die because that will imprison me not really going to impact them. I'm not going to go up to them and tell them that. I'm going to say, man, I have a wrong area of my life that needs to be fully converted. I want my mind to be renewed. I want to love like Jesus loves. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, don't play church all up in the heart of the city church. Let the Holy Spirit deal with you right now. He wants to renew your mind. How many of you want to be like Jesus? Come on, somebody. Let me challenge you with the scripture today. Are you judging? Are you critical? Are you condemning someone? Look what the Bible says in Luke 6, 37 and 38. Judge, judge not, and you shall not be judged. When you judge someone, all of a sudden, you're putting yourself in bondage. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Now, think about the opposite Judge, guess what? You're going to be, come on, church. Condemn, guess what? Let's go on. Forgive, you'll be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It'll be put in your bosom. That whole term right there comes from harvesting and, 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 and reaping after they went through and they left. It, what, do you, what do you call the harvesters that come after the harvest? Help me out. Gleaners. Gleaners. It comes from the gleaning. It's a, whole, it, it, it's a whole study. But this is where it comes from. And it says this, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So if you measure, if your measure is judging someone, this, is, this scripture is not just about giving financially. It's about everything that I just read. If you judge someone, the same measure that you judge, is you, you're going to get judged back. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It'll be given to you. Look, I mean, you better hear this. Condemn. If you condemn not, praise God. But if you condemn, look what the Bible says. It says this, it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over it will be put in your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Are you hearing that? Are you, are you hearing that good? Look, look. 
forgive. Man, if you forgive, wonderful. That's the measure that you're going to receive back. But if you don't forgive, it's going to put you in bondage. Absolute bondage. If you don't forgive, it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It'll be put in your bosom with the same measure that you use, that you don't forgive. It'll be measured back to you. I think we judge not. I think we condemn not. I think we, come on, forgive. Amen? What's going on in your mind when you talk with different people that's not exactly like you? Man, allow the Holy Spirit to transform your mind today. Allow the Holy Spirit to pull shackles and chains off your mind and to free us. Come on. Because sometimes, I tell you what, it will put you in prison. You think that, you think because all, you're ticked off at a person, you're going to hold them, you're going to hold them captive. You, all my exes live in Texas. That's who I'm going to cast judgment on. But really, your exes in Texas don't have a clue what's going on. And the person who's in bondage is you. You need to remember that scripture, wrong thinking about others. Not just about wrong, about wrong thinking about others, but how about wrong thinking about yourself? How about a wrong belief about yourself? Do you know that I read one time, I think it's about, it was years ago, I think about 75 to 80% of our thoughts, we think about the same thoughts every day. So... If you think wrong, you think the wrong thoughts every day about yourself and about life and about others and about the future, and you're just like, wrong thinking, over and over, replay, 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 just automatic. What do you think about yourself? Look what the Bible says. God wants to change that. He wants to transform that. No one cares about me. That's not what the Bible says. That's what I say. Just kind of your own thinking toward yourself. No one loves me. If you have these thoughts like, I wish I would have never been born. Why, why do I exist? What is my purpose? What, what am I here for? This stuff right here can absolutely put you in prison. I don't like myself. I don't want to live any longer. This is wrong thinking. Wrong believing about yourself. Some of your wrong believing will absolutely put you in the dungeon. And you replay it all and all over and over. And the Bible has a name for it. The Bible calls it a stronghold. Say that word with me, stronghold. stronghold. What is a stronghold, J.O.? Thanks for asking. <laughs> stronghold, Francis Fan Japan says... A house of thoughts. You've thought a certain way for years and years and years. And you just continue to build that house inside. If, it's, if Jesus is in your stronghold, that's a wonderful thing. But a lot of times Jesus is not in the stronghold because you've thought wrong. I'm not talking about being born again. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about a believer who loves Jesus, water baptized, baptized in the Holy Spirit, but they have wrong perceptions. They think wrong. Maybe they went through a traumatic event and all of a sudden the enemy took advantage of them and set up a stronghold inside them and you've thought wrong for years. You've thought wrong about your spouse. You thought wrong about your future and all of a sudden you've built a house, a house made of thoughts. And all the thoughts are wrong. 
And you know who camps out in there? The enemy. All of a sudden, you're like, life is going right along, and all of a sudden, you're sabotaged. Like, why? What happens? Why do I go this far and not further? And the enemy just, he, he, at certain times, sabotage. Paul said it this way. Romans 7, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I do want to do, I don't do. He talked about sin dwelling within his members. I think Paul was dealing with a stronghold, a house of thoughts from his past. Come on, God wants to remove a house of thoughts. He wants to remove strongholds out of your life so that you can be fully alive. Not just certain areas of your life. God wants you to be fully alive. Listen to what 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Will you say that word with me, mighty? Mighty in God for the pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Our military has mighty weapons. We celebrated 4th of July and, you know, been through different paddles throughout the history of America. We have, we have a, amazing weapons, mighty, mighty weapons. We have rockets and missiles and jets and sh guns and all kinds of hand grenades and you name it. We got some, but I want to tell you something right now. Why? Why are those? Because a lot of those weapons, you know, if you're for it or against it, it led us into freedom. I'm not here to discuss that. I'm just saying that our wars have caused us to walk in freedom as a nation. Here's my point. You have mighty weapons that you can turn to in order to pull down strongholds that's kept you in bondage. You have mighty weapons in order to demolish strongholds in your life so that you can walk in freedom. You have this thing called worship. We say that with me, worship. You can worship instead of worry. Come on, somebody. It's powerful. Paul and Silas was praying and worshiping, and it emptied the prison. Here, listen. You can cast your cares on him because he cares for you. You don't have to hold them all the time. You can pray the prayer of a effective, uh, a prayer of a effective righteous man. Man, it changes everything. Prayer is a mighty weapon that you have. You can think about what you're thinking about. You can, you can, you can intellectually think about what you're thinking about and go, my goodness, this is wrong. My mind is in the gutter. I'm going to tell you, he'll go to the gutter and he'll save you to the uttermost if you'll turn to Jesus Christ. You have, listen to me, let me camp here for a minute. You need to feel me. You have mighty weapons of warfare that are stronger and mightier than carnal weapons. You have weapons that's going to change your life. But if you don't use them, if you don't use them, you, you just day in and day out, same old, same old. God's put them in there in order to pull down strongholds and wrong mindsets that you may have about others, about God, and about yourself. Third key, freedom words. Say that with me, freedom words. How many of you have come 
to the understanding of how powerful your words are. If you have, just raise your hand. Some of you haven't. Let me preach at you for a minute. What do you think God created all the heavens and earth with? Words. Words have power. They have transformation power. They have creation power. You're made in the image of almighty God. You have creation ability within your words. It's not weird. You're made in his image. And your words are so powerful to lock and to unlock. And so many people, sometimes they have words spoken over their life that's absolutely put them in prison. Not freedom words, but words of bondage. Someone of authority, maybe a parent not knowing what they were doing, maybe a spouse, maybe a boss. Sometimes you have words that's spoken over your life that's absolutely words and memories, sabotaging things that absolutely try to control your life. All of a sudden, someone says to you, you know, you're never going to amount to nothing. You're a loser, just like your dad was and your older brother. I wish I'd never, ever even had you or seen you. Terrible words. You know what? You're a whore and you're always going to be a whore. Words that absolutely put people in, oh, you're fat, you're ugly, you're lazy, you're a loser, you're a drug addict. Come on, let me tell you right now, those words will absolutely put people into bondage. And I'm here to tell you this morning, let the lion out out of you. The lion of the tribe of Judah wants to bust out of you and wants to destroy wrong words, wants to give you freeing words. Come on, I'm serious. Wants to demolish strongholds in your life. God wants you to be free. And there's so many things that try to cling to us in order to keep us from walking and free. He wants to remove uh, chains today. He wants you to stop talking about mountains and speak to the mountains. So many times we, oh, let's get in this little huddle over here. We're just going to talk about the mountain. Let's just talk about the mountain. Come on, gather with me. Talk about, you know, the Bible doesn't say talk about the mountain. The Bible says speak to the mountain. Say unto the mountain, be thou removed. Be thou cast into the sea. Say unto the mountain, be thou removed. Be thou cast into the sea. No more sickness, no more dying. Death has lost its sting. Come on, say unto the mountain. Can you imagine David showing up on the battlefield and going, oh, everybody come over here. Come on, we're going to talk about the giant for a minute. Let's talk about jungle breath for a minute. Let's just, come on, huddle with me, guys. No, everybody else was huddling. Oh, he's a champion. They're scareder. Man, they're so nervous. There's more nervous than a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocket chairs. The army's paralyzed on the side of the mountain. Saul's paralyzed. But then little David shows up. You know what David does? David doesn't talk about Goliath. David's like, where is he? People try to talk him out of going to the Goliath. Hey, 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 you know what? You, you, you can't do this, David. I mean, you know, he's a warrior of old. And, and he's like, you know what I did with my, I used to take care of my daddy's sheep. And when that lion and lamb came, you know what I did with them, Dad? You know, he had a bold confession. And look what he says to Goliath, the mountain. This is what he says. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear, and with a javelin. 
But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Listen, why do you say that, J.O.? He spoke to the mountain. Stop talking about the mountain. Speak to the mountain. All those words that's put you in bondage. You know what? You can speak to it and say, you know what? I am loved. I am accepted. I am favored of the Most High. I'm a child of God. I am forgiven. I have a destiny. I have a purpose in life. I'm not what you said I was. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things has passed away. Behold, everything is new. His mercies are new every day. Great is his faithfulness towards me. Come on. Stop talking about the mountain. Speak to the mountain. I want you to stand to your feet. We're going to speak a few. Whatever your mountain is, right now identify the mountain in your life. What is, what is the mountain? What is it? Make sure you get it in your mind. Get it in your eyes. Get it in your heart. What's your mountain today? What is it? Is it a health situation? Financial situation? Is it relational? Something to do with your kids? Something to do with your future? What is your mountain today? Do you have a mountain? If you've identified the mountain, all I want you to do is just raise your hand. You're like, yeah, I identified identified the mountain. Some of you don't have mountains. Man, God bless you. I got mountains. You know what we're going to do now? I want you to speak the word of God over your mountain. Quit quit gossiping about your mountain. That ain't done nothing. Speak to the mountain right now. Will you speak with me? Here's some good ammunition for you right now. I'm telling you, let's speak to that. If you'll put it up there. You ready? We're going to say this on three. You ready? On three? You ready? One person. You ready on three? Yes. Here we go. One, two, three. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Next. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Come on, speak it. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. But you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on. That's some, come on, that's some good ammunition right there. Anybody ever heard of the term, anybody ever heard of the term stinking thinking? It's like we have the thinking of roadkill. Like, pull over, man. And instead of going home getting a, you know, flesh filet mignon or something or, you know, a salad, like, pull over. I smell a good three-day-year-old, three-day skunk. Let's let's get some roadkill. Kind of our thinking's that way. Just going back, going back to the roadkill in our mind. Kind of like, what what gets on roadkill? Can somebody say maggots? Maggots. 
Kind of like having a maggot mind. I was riding the other day, just this week, and I had just this aroma that hit me in my face. I was like, I know that aroma. And I looked and I identified it. It was a garbage truck. Garbage has a distinct smell. If you go to the garbage dump down here, city, how many of you been there and you know what I'm talking about, that smell? You're like, I don't even want to get this, this stuff is in my mouth now. I'm like, what, what is it? Why, is this going to kill me? I'm like, I don't know, roll the windows up, roll it down. This is nasty, it's kind of sweet, sour, rotten, garbage, death smell. You know, it's just nasty. You know what I'm saying? Just a mixture. And behind the dump truck, behind the garbage truck, it smelled the same way. And it's like, how many of us kind of get used to that type of smell when it comes to our thinking? Kind of just, I've thought this way for so long. This is just who I am and this is how I think. I want to encourage you, you can bust out of that today. You don't have to think that way. I, I sit on my back deck sometimes and sometimes I hear it before I see it. We got flowers out there and hummingbird comes. Hummingbird, it's so free. You know, it's not hanging out over roadkill. You know what that hummingbird's doing? Goes to the little flower and gets fresh nectar. God has fresh nectar for you. He wants to give you a five-course meal from his word. He wants you to believe the truth to set you free today. Come on, don't settle for roadkill thinking. Don't settle for stinking thinking any longer. Amen? Jail, I'm free. Let me tell you what you're free to do. You're free from sin. Listen, you're free from sin, but you're not free to sin. Let me go tell that side over here, okay? <laughs> you're free from sin, but you're not free to sin. Now, let me just tell you how weird this is right here. If you think, if you think freedom means to sin. What do you think he's freeing you from? He frees you from, yeah, the law, tradition, religion, all those different things, but he frees you from sin. You don't have to be in bondage. If you think, well, freedom in Jesus means, how weird is this? Uh, I'm free to commit adultery. I'm free to be an addict. Free to fornicate. Free to be a sex addict. How weird is that? Is that not weird? You, how, many, how many of you agree that's weird? weird. You, you should really raise your hand right now because you're looking weird if you don't raise your hand. What are you free? You're free to live life to its fullness. You're free to live righteously. You're free to be light and you're free to love and you're free to walk in purity and you're free. J.O., will I fall short in these areas? Sure, we're human. But I'm telling you what, you don't have to live in it. You don't have to be addicted to it. Come on, you can live above it. Why? Because make sure you stay free. He paid the purchase for you to walk in freedom. Amen? And you can walk in it by the power of the Holy Spirit.